Welcome into Jets Nation Radio. I'm Angus Hout. Um, before we get going on to this on today's episode, uh, first of all, just make sure you like and subscribe. Helps us out a whole lot. Uh, check out JetsNation.ca and all of our social medias. And while you're at it, be sure to check out Betway to check out the latest Jets game day odds and bet on the NHL. Today, joined by Sam Brownell and Ray Howe. How's it going there, guys? It's going great. Good to be yeah. back after missing a week there, but uh, excited to get into some discussion. Yes. Beautiful day coming off a Jets win, going into another Jets win. We're 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 having fun. We're having fun, boys. It's so nice right now that like this morning I cleared driveways for rich people and I did it for the last two hours in just a t-shirt. It was a beautiful morning. Life is feeling good in Winnipeg. <laughs> we actually we avoided all of that snow up here. Did we didn't ya? get any snow. Oh. I mean it's money in my pocket, so if you miss the snow, whatever. I, I need getting to get back to your blue collar roots. I love it, buddy. I there. I'll always have a little bit of blue collar Alberta in me until like I love doing manual labor where you can just like like moving snow, shut off the brain, just let the body do all the work. It's beautiful. Uh, so we've had um an interesting last week with the Jets here. Uh, a couple losses, but the Jets have been trying real hard, and then finally picked up a win last night over Paul Maurice and the Florida Panthers. How are we feeling about this team right now? I mean, we're going in the right direction, starting to play a bit better, even if uh, there are games like that wild game where we didn't get a lot of bounces, Um, but still don't love it. Yeah, it's like they're playing the right style of hockey. You're just not getting the results. And it's like, it's just like you feel like you want them to win more games than they are, but like they're going in the right direction to being better, but they got to keep to this path and not swoop into these old kind of February habits. And I mean, you, you just got to beat the Sharks. Simple as that. Yes. Yeah. What's uh, like uh, James you, you, Reimer yeah. showing up? Like, holy, that you guy still, was in a mode. You still can't lose to the Sharks. I don't care if like Brian Patrick was in that. You gotta be that team is atrocious. It's awful. They had in the the next night against Colorado, they had 0.02 expected goals yeah. in the first period. Brutal. Yeah. And like the and just like how it ended too, like with like like seconds in the period too to concede it and then to just come out flat in overtime. It just it's like they're just like really hanging on and just they can't hold on to leads. Well, and, and that, yeah, that well, they have it's just evaporated. I also think we need to talk about Bones stacking the bottom six with defensive players and then having Wheeler, Dubois, Pionk, and Morrissey out there for the six on five with Lowry. Lowry makes sense, but that was absolutely absurd. And then Wheeler ices it and he doesn't call a timeout and then they go and score. That was kind of a boneheaded one. And like on Blake Wheeler too, like both the veteran, like the veteran coach and the veteran player, just like, what are you guys doing? Like, do you not have an ounce of com- uh, of common sense going through your head right now? Because yeah, yeah. It wasn't it the Jets game to sense. lose. Yeah, you you just can't have Wheeler out there. You can't have Pionk, even Morrissey. Like, get I don't know, get Dylan. Yeah, get and Dylan get and uh, out there. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was the most boneheaded move possible. Well, like that was, that was coaching yeah. 99%. Yeah. I'll admit that. Like, I'll agree with that, but it's like, 
this team isn't going to win any sort of hardware at this point. So why are we still trying to pump up these their numbers? Like, you know, get those defensive guys out. And like, I, again, I totally agree with you guys. It All just, you got to do is get yeah. to the playoffs. Yeah. The West is yeah. the West is kind of weak. It's real weak. Holy! Like you, I could, I could Jets... see the Jets. Like all we need is Hellebuck to kind of right the ship, which I think he's going to. Yeah. And I could see the Jets going on a bit of a run. Like all you got to do is get in, and you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. Well, that's exactly it. And I mean, like the Flames are six points back of the Jets right now, mm-hmm. and just playing awful, awful hockey. Minus the two wins they had earlier this week, and Nashville. It's like you know you can't count anyone out, but their odds just aren't that good. I mean, ultimately the jets hold their own destiny. Yeah. You win a handful of games, you get into the playoffs. You don't, you're likely not going to make it. So they, they need to get through these next three games, this really tough three game stretch. And then it should get a bit easier. But the last time the jets took on a big, ugly stretch like this, they, owned it and they were down how many players i mean the last time they played boston they you know what was it i was a three three two game yeah three, two really game. Close one. yeah so it's just like you know this team has it in them to to be great it just you know i don't know why everyone's like i understand why people are doubting them it's just you know this is the time for the jets to do it it was a long winter spring is yeah here. mind you if, if morrissey's out for a while it's not gonna be good. No, not at all. Gonna be bad. See more Pionk. So yeah, that that would definitely is even worse than too. Uh, maybe it's if if they have to put Morrissey on IR, do they call up Villy? Yes. Yes, hundred percent. I hope so. I would put Villy on the first power play over Pionk, probably. Yeah. Yeah. This might be a hot take. I'd almost even have Logan Stanley on the first power play over Pionk <laughs> just to have that <laughs> shot up top. Like but ultimately, I'd probably of the D that are up there now, I'd probably even say like Nate Schmidt. Um, yeah. I've always liked he shoots a very tippable puck. Mm-hmm. Actually, Copa Bianco's got a, a hell of a shot, too. He does, man. I'm still mad that we haven't seen any Kyle Capobianco since that last time we saw him play. That was a little surprising. Yeah. I wouldn't be shocked if we saw him tonight. Yeah. I could see I that. I, mean, I think they're playing Sandberg, but yeah, I think Capo Bianco really needs to show that, like, hey, with Morrissey out, like I can take a step up and be that next man up. The kind of I think on the on the back to back though, mix like put in more guys, like everyone who was on the bench, get them into this game, take out guys who just played a hard fought game last night. I hate the teams don't do that more. Like you, you switch goalies on a back-to-back. Switch up the players. Get the guys in the press box in there. Unless everyone plays an unbelievable game and is perfectly ready to go, like shift things around a little bit. Get some fresh legs out there. Yeah, definitely. Like I feel like just like like having that kind of like swapping like keeps people fresh, but then it also gives the like the players that are in the press box more of an opportunity to be to kind of showcase what they're able to bring as like a different kind of style or like what they bring may be different than what someone else brings. So you kind of get to see different kind of situations that you can find yourself in towards the playoffs where maybe Capo Bianco needs to take a step up in the playoffs. So I think it's really important to kind of see what you have in everyone and kind of give everyone a chance. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um. Yeah. 
Okay, Mark Shifley, is he a Jet come 2025? <sighs> That's I, a, it's a, a tough question. I, it I, is. I'd lean towards yes, he's probably going to be a Jet to, after 2025 just because of how hard it can be to find a true like top two center, like bona fide like 1C. So I feel like they should personally explore the options of kind of seeing what they could get for him if they choose to go in that direction. But I also understand that keeping Mark Shifley, like there's not a lot of players that can do what Mark Shifley does and how consistent he's been at being like a point per game player for almost six, seven years. So I feel like it's going to be hard to replace that, but I feel like it all depends on what direction the team wants to explore going into. Yeah. I, I think if he's on the team next year, he'll be on the team going forward. I could see them potentially moving on from him this summer, but like if they're going full rebuild, why would they keep him around? Cause wouldn't you want to tank <laughs> like, and that's just going to hurt the cause. So I, I don't know. It'll be this summer. will really tell. Um, but I, I I'm not going to definitively say yes or no. Cause I really have no idea. <laughs> like it might be held for uh, shoveled off trying to save his job this summer, trying to like hang on for one more year, but. Who knows? Yeah, you know, it might be somewhat, somewhat similar to like Calgary, where like they had Johnny Goudreau and Matthew Kachuk wanting out, and they were seen to be like, oh, they're going to go into like a rebuild, retool kind of phase. And then they pulled this trade out of left field for Huberdeau and Uyghur, and they keep going for it. And look at what where that, that's got them. They're kind of behind us now. So I feel like Chevaldeov's kind of in that position now, where he kind of has to make a decision where he can trade for impact players now with the players he has. But does those that impact players actually put his team over the hump? I think getting Huberto and Uyghur in Calgary was like magnificent on yeah. Tree Living's part, but it was the addition of Nazem Kadri that just screwed the flames. So you, you know what? Those big off-season UFA signings are awful. almost never good. Maybe maybe we're lucky in Winnipeg that no one wants to come here. <laughs> right? Can you imagine having who like even Huberdo has had a kind of a crappy well, Audrey's year. gonna be like 38 by the end of that contract, isn't he? Oh yeah, and he's gonna be making like nine schmail by the end. And of it's that. not it's not like he plays a light game. Like he plays a very heavy game and he's had injuries in the past, some bad ones. So that's a like yeah, that contract's wild. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and the Huberto one, too. Like, so, over, like, $10 million, and he's, like, 31 years old for another eight years, so. Dumb. Calgary's uh, just banking on the cap somehow going, like, way up. They're ba- yeah, they're praying for a new <laughs> dome at this point. My goodness, is the Saddle Dome in a sad state of affairs. Um. Okay, what did you guys think of the uh, Logan Stanley injuring uh, Krill? Per- per- Krill the thrill. I uh I think Minnesota fans are idiots. <laughs> I like he clearly wasn't trying to body slam the guy. No. Kirill yeah. pulled up and Stanley skated into him. I'm sorry, Stanley's not a very strong skater. Like, yeah, there's no way that was on purpose. Well, and the guy shouldn't be stopping up when a giraffe's behind him. <laughs> Well, the other thing that I noticed with that one too, it looked like Logan Stanley was, I think what ultimately caused the injury was he was trying not to board uh, Kaprizov mm-hmm. there. Cause like he would have straight up murdered that dude and broke his neck if he had gone through instead of trying to hold him up. And it was just 
one of those ugly things. And yeah, every Jets fan, I've seen Jets fans be like, Logan Stanley is a big old goof who doesn't know what he's doing. He's trying to injure people. Like, shut up. Yeah, I think the situation was just a lot more awkward than like any like intention to do that because he sees that Kaprizov, he's not the tallest guy. He's probably like 5'10". He's like 6'7". So going through that kind of hit if he was to pursue that it like it could have resulted in kind of more damage to Kaprizov and more damage against Stanley in the form like of a penalty or something like that so I feel like he kind of did the right thing but it just kind of led to the wrong result in Kaprizov getting injured but it's not like he intended for any injury like it wasn't like him like oh I'm gonna run this guy over and cause an injury I think it was just more him thinking that was the best decision he could make at the time to kind of mitigate what the result could be. And don't get me wrong, super, super unfortunate situation. Like you, you don't want to see that. That looks massively painful, but a guy's got to protect himself. And like, he just, by stopping up there and going right under the guy, he's just putting himself in a bad spot. Yeah. That's why you don't break check semi trucks there, friends. Well, and it's it's the same thing that was happening to Perfetti at the start of the year when he kept getting boarded. It's like he, he's putting himself into these situations and it's dangerous. Like you obviously you don't want to hit a guy from behind. Obviously, you don't want to land on a guy when you're falling, but you can't put yourself in those situations. Oh, yeah, I totally yeah. agreed. It's uh, yeah. Another one of those. Keep your head up, kid. And all the all the uh, Minnesota fans, I was looking through on Twitter on like the repost of the video or whatever Minnesota fans being like, Oh, when we play them at the end of the year, like Reeves is going to end Stanley's career. And like, if Stanley's not in the game, then uh, 44 and 81 better watch out. It's like, Jesus Christ. Calm down. Yeah. But it was a freak accident. It's not like it was a massive boarding from behind you idiots. Yes. Well, I'm going to throw the shades on and just say everyone like, there's just so many mouth breather hockey fans out there. My goodness. And it's just as soon as something goes wrong, it's like the most ignorant comments you have ever heard from like anyone that's half competent. And you're just like, how can you think this way? I just tired of just dummies on Twitter. Cause Oh yeah. It's ugly out there friends. Yeah. I think the people on Twitter are a lot more like reactionary where they don't really see, they kind of only see it from like their team's view where like, Oh, Kaprizov's injured. This guy's public en- enemy number one. This guy needs to be out of the league. And they don't really think about just like the whole situation as a whole, rather than just like they just kind of look at the injury and be like, damn, that sucks. I'm going to get pissed off and just like write on Twitter about how awful of a play this is and why it shouldn't have never happened. But then they don't really realize that Kaprizov put himself into that situation as well, too. But what I also. Was- Go ahead, Sam. I also love the like, oh, this guy got hurt by an accident. Let's end his career. It's like, <laughs> dude, what? How is how does one of those lead to the other? Like an eye for an eye. God damn. <laughs> right? Oh man. Um oh. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, uh, there's a couple of big media people on, I guess, big YouTubers that talk about hockey that were t- talking Logan Stanley being a goon for that hit, too. I'm just, I don't know. I let's, think Let's be careful using media and YouTubers in the same. <laughs> yes, uh, I'm sorry. Video. I realized I 
Yeah, I, I, I'm well aware. And that's why I stopped myself and corrected myself. I'm well aware that YouTubers are not on the same level as you fancy broadcasters who get to go into work every day. And like us lowly bloggers. <laughs> um, it seems like Kevin Sheveldayoff has like unlimited job security these days. And there's some GMs who are simply on a hot seat. Uh, why does Kevin Sheveldayoff have such a longevity with his career here in Winnipeg? <laughs> is the mediocrity okay for the team or is it just as long I... as we're selling... I try to stay out of the shoveled off conversations to a degree, but because uh, I'm a little biased. But, oh, yes. Um, I, I think it's just Chipman being loyal to a fault. Um, partially, uh, he still has his contract and the Jets probably don't want to pay the next two years for him to not work. Um, and also, I just like who are you gonna get to come to Winnipeg like it's 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 unfortunate but uh, people have said like the Jets GM is one of the hardest jobs in the league because you gotta convince guys to come to Winnipeg and I think that also goes for Chipman hiring the next GM you gotta find someone that's willing to like Chevy's from Saskatchewan somewhere like he's down to come to Winnipeg but not everyone's going to be and it's it's a shame that uh trots went to nashville and didn't come to like he could have been the a great next next gm in winnipeg you promote chevy to like hockey ops or something whatever put a label on it and make trots the gm but i just i i think time will tell like there's got to be a tipping point you have to figure where if this all goes to shit in the next like four months or even the next like eight or nine months um, you have to figure that we're going to see some changes up top, but we haven't yet. It's, I mean, with M Maurice got probably an extra year that he, he shouldn't have. And uh, who knows once it comes to Chevy. Yeah. I think that just like the loyalty and just kind of like not being it, like they probably don't like the people that they would want to bring in as GM might not want to even come there. So they probably just feel like for what Chevy brings, like, like they can't really bring in someone they feel like would do the job better, but like it's just like the amount of options that they have available just kind of limited, and they just probably just have this trust of him that he can do stuff, but and might not have been be able to perform on that all the time. But I just feel like that leash is just there because he's just he's got them to the playoffs recently, and just the overall direction of the team was going very well up until like this next coming year where the whole direction of the team is up in the air with how it can go. And I feel like that's going to be a pivotal point on what happens with Shevel Dayoff. I think Shevel Dayoff will get two contract extensions with the Winnipeg Jets, one as a general manager, and then next on to hockey ops, no matter how that second general manager ship goes. Uh, the only thing that'll stop them is if the Jets somehow crash and burn this year and miss the playoffs and then crash and burn next year and miss the playoffs. Um, Mark Chipman slash any of the owners are earning about $3 million per playoff game because you don't have to play your, pay, uh, play your pay, players for playoff games. So 
you know, it's money in their pocket. They want to see, I, I assume they're they just desperately just trying see. to get, yeah. but that's the issue they, is two playoff games is all. They well, but but, for... but that's, Oh God, you're, yeah, I see that. that I'm going to stop me right now. <laughs> that's the issue um, that Vancouver went through was they were just trying to get those two playoff games, get those two playoff games. And now they're just in a nightmare of cap hell and terrible players and, it's just all over the place. Yeah, oh, yeah, I feel like with that, it's just like you don't want like they want to have these playoff games, but then they also have to realize that like if you mortgage your future and kind of like the assets to get yourself there, you're kind of almost jeopardizing your ability to do that into the future. So it's a really hard balancing act between being a playoff like team and also being a team that can do that like foreseeable into the future and just with all the surrounding UFAs that could possibly be departing, it's just, it's really hard to see where the team could be in two years. And it's just, you don't know what team you're going to have even after next season. That being said, and the whole mortgage in the future thing, I'm so happy they didn't trade Lambert. And I'm assuming Ray, you're the happiest of all of us, but what he's doing in the dub right now is unreal. Yeah, I, he's he's over. He's even outperforming uh, Dylan Gunther, who is the like the ninth or tenth pick in the twenty twenty one draft. And it's just it's just goes to show you that like you can really just bet on someone's skill and kind of upside. And it doesn't really matter where they go; they can slip, they can fall. But if you trust the guy and can turn it around, you can really get rewarded for that. So I, I've heard from a farmer friend and or not farmer friend, but a friend of the podcast, Arnell Duff, that the dub is kind of a weaker league than others. Um, is, is that kind of true? Is the dub kind of like you've got the all-star teams? I think, and it's, then... I think it's a top heavy league right okay. now. Um, I, I don't pay that much attention to it. I think Duffy blew it out of proportion a little bit okay, there. Fair enough. Just to try and make his point about Bedard, but yeah. uh and I know like it's like... still it's still the top junior league in the world. It just is. Um, well, or I guess the the CHL, mm-hmm. not necessarily just the dub, but it's yeah. I, I don't think it's like terrible hockey. And you you look at these guys and what they're doing, the Bedards, even the Lamberts, like they're still it's it's still a good show, and it's a lot more like the NHL game than say if you were in Europe or even NCAA. Yeah, I can personally attest to this from being on from Ontario. The the OHL, I would say, is pretty similar to the WHL, but I would say it's a lot more high scoring in the sense where goalies are typically doing a lot worse than you would expect. And you could really see this from the, the World Juniors where Ben Goudreau was their starting goalie and had a below 890 save percentage in the OHL. So the OHL is pretty good, but I would say the WHL probably is the best junior league in Canada just due to the fact that they have more like top end players compared to the other ones and the queue just kind of left behind almost I and I do think the dub uh, it's not as bad as it used to be um for this but like it's a it's a lot more hard-nosed than the yeah. o the o's a lot more skilled and more open ice and and the dub is uh I mean you you see guys like Brendan Dillon come out of the dub like there's there's yeah. some beasts that go through that league. So, yeah. uh, so all the Western Canadian Albertans and uh, <laughs> Saskatchewans. Yeah, we got to find 
like I've listened to some podcasts from uh, former WHLers, and man, they have some of the best stories talking about like playing in uh, Moose Jaw at the Can. Like, it just I wish we were around for some of that '90s dub. There hockey. was there was a time not too long ago in the dub that they wouldn't let the teams warm up together because they wouldn't stop brawling in warm ups. Mm-hmm. Um, which is insane because then one team warms up and then waits half an hour while the other team warms up (laughs) and then you play the game. It's wild, but they just kept having full team brawls in warmups. God bless junior hockey. Uh, Does Blake Wheeler retire a jet or does he go chase a cup? I want him to chase a cup, but I feel like he wants to probably stay. So if the price is right, I, I wouldn't mind having him stay. Oh yeah, like, absolutely. I, I just I yeah, I don't get the oh he's not in NHL or like let him go chase a cup in if like even if he's willing to take a bit less to stay here. Like don't give him six yeah. mil a year. But if he's willing to stay here for four, I think do it. Four million bucks for a year, or would you go two? <clears throat> two? You go two years on uh 37 sure. year old, 37, 38 year old. Yeah. All right. I'm into it. I like it. Um, This one's more for you, Sam. So sorry for cutting you out on this one, Ray. But um, Portage Place potentially being bought by True North Sports Entertainment for $34 million plus upgrades. Good move for the city, Sam? I think any uh, economic development's good. Um, That, I mean, the mall is just like, I've lived lived in Manitoba for seven years now. I've never once been to that mall except for to walk through it for a hockey game. I've yeah, I've maybe stepped foot in there once in the last like decade and a half. Like it, it. I remember going there when I was a kid, going to like the IMAX theater and stuff. But but there's just nothing going on there. And if True North is willing to do something with it, I think that's good. And I like, yeah, I, I. I would ask anyone who says it's a bad thing to tell me why, like any, you should want your city to have that economic development. And if someone's willing to put the money in then shut up and sit down (laughs) in my opinion. Yeah. And true North, like what they did with true North square, beautiful. And like, I, I would trust Mark Shipman and the rest of those guys to do whatever they wanted with Portage mall. Oh uh, yeah. With Portage place. And like for $34 million, that land alone is worth $66 million. It's on a lease. So like, you know, they're not getting really anything out of it, but they are whatever they end up, uh, you know, collecting in. Well, it'll be interesting to see what they do with it because like it was this big, beautiful mall for when it opened. Um, yeah. It's just in a bad, like it's in a difficult spot. There's unfortunately Winnipeg relies a lot on cars, so there's no parking. But if you make it a development where there is, like living spaces, like if you make it nice high-end apartments and then also put shopping spaces in there, I like I, I'm sure they'll do a good job of it. I'm sure they're not gonna pour all this money into it and then just flub. Yeah. But uh we'll definitely see how that goes. Yes, it's gonna be a fantastic one. Uh one more about the uh current Jets. Would if the Jets end up finishing in a wild card spot, would you guys rather the Jets go through the Pacific teams for the first two rounds or the central teams for the first two rounds pacific the pacific yeah i don't want to play um anyone colorado (laughs) like i think dallas looks real hot right now too but uh 
And Minnesota's and, also given it to us a couple of times too, as yeah, well. So that's true. Yeah, and Mark Andre, Mark Andre Fleury, yeah, just hates us for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> um, honestly, like my big thing is like you got to play Vegas in the first round when you go through the Pacific, and you know Vegas is Vegas, and they, you know, the three times the Jets played them this year, they owned us. Where Dallas, it's like, ooh. Maybe it's Dallas, and that that's not a half bad matchup. I'd watch that for seven games. Yeah, I, like again, I I think the West is kind of an anyone can beat anyone type of Just, conference right now. It's like seven the, coin flips, you, and that's it. Well, you look at those. You look at the eight teams that are currently in the playoffs, like the two in the wild card, the Jets and the Oilers. I mean, one has Connor Hellebuck, who can steal you some hockey games. And one is Connor McDavid, who is Connor McDavid. Yeah, well, I'll just remind everyone that two Connors are better than just one. So, you know. <laughs> True. And then, I mean, like, the, the Kings are looking good. They just got a goalie. Vegas, I mean, Jonathan Quick looks like he's solid. Seattle, I don't see making a deep run, if we're being honest. No, but good for them for making it to the playoffs in their Absolutely. second year. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's good for a second-year team. And then... Like you got Mark Andre Fleury in Minnesota. Colorado, once they're healthy, is still Colorado. Dallas is looking like they're pretty stacked. Like it's it's not as good as the East, obviously, but it's still that's eight good hockey teams. Yeah. And then there's like eight great hockey teams in the East. Six yeah, every, great hockey teams in the yeah, East. That's yeah, fair. The, the, Pittsburgh the and Islanders. Guy. Let's <laughs> oh, is it Pittsburgh? I I couldn't they're, have told they're the two teams sitting in the wild card spots right now. Florida's three points back of both of them. Yeah. Good. Means I don't have to go down to Florida to go fight a gator. And and Boston <laughs> clinched yesterday. Quarter of it, like a little less than a quarter of a season left, but yes, they clinched Stained. yesterday. Stupid. Could you like a do you think they're gonna be one of those teams that just goes out early or are they gonna juggernaut no. this? No, I think they're pretty loaded. When's Hall supposed to be back? I think he like right after the season ends. Like he's going to roll up for basically they're going to cooch off this because I don't know what their cap situation is. Yeah, yeah, I don't think they would be able to afford to bring him back, and I think that's why they probably got Bertuzzi as well. So yeah, um, is I have Taylor a question Hall be for a you guys. Liner? Maybe <laughs> I have a question for you guys about the Jets uh, lineup though. Once everyone's back and healthy, is uh, Nemesnikov your third line center? Yes. No. Oh, why? <laughs> why? Why? Yes, Angus. Why? Yes. I mean, the guy wins faceoffs, and like, just compared to Adam Lowry, I'll I'll slide Lowry down to the fourth line if I gotta. But like, Nemesnikov has proven to me that it's like this guy's here. Just I, I have a very kind of like more battle, not more balanced, but just kind of spreading out the offense. And I'd probably have Nemestikov as the second line center, even though it might be more elevated than. Even with wait, Dubois wait, wait, back? So, yeah, yes. I was going to say. So where are you putting Dubi? I'm putting Dubois on the third line or for, just kind of like rotating it. Just like I don't I, I disagree with that. Yeah, I, I thought very, you were going to say, no, he should be on the wing on the third line. <laughs> it's very, oh, it's no. very kind of like unorthodox and kind of definitely probably wouldn't happen, but it's just kind of spreading out the offense more to three lines than to just have it on two lines because well i i think that's i think having domestikov as your third line center does that because he's better yeah. offensively than lowry is yeah 
I would like I don't say that like it's gonna happen, but it's just like I feel like having a way where you have Nemestikov getting more time because as we seen like last game, you got three points with this elevated role with uh, Dubois being out and having Lowry injured. Like he's just shown that whenever he needs to step up, he's there and he's he's gonna be effective. So I feel like giving him more ice time isn't gonna take away from what he's able to do. What about having him on the wing? Yeah, I could see him on the wing too. Once Dubois back, having him in the top six on the wing and then like a Lowry, Perfetti, uh, Wheeler third line. I'd be fine with that too, yeah. And then just switching to Mestikov and Perfetti depending on exactly depending on the situation i think i like that more now to be honest i don't mind that and then you got you got two guys who can win face-offs on the second line and dubois and nemestikov i mean if nemestikov's a right shot too so doesn't that really help the jets out on certain face-off dots yeah i mean yeah like without a doubt yeah i don't think he's right-handed but i I also don't think he's right-handed but (laughs) if he is some reason thought he was a right shot for i just had that locked in my noggin uh no that would make way too much sense yeah but i mean it's a unorthodox (laughs) shovel day off trade that holy who saw this coming because like both nino and nemestikov are you're just like in love with these guys so in front of the net if the jets go on a bit of a run and nino is on the top line and Nemesnikov is on the second. Like Chevy had an unreal trade deadline. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like yeah, he could have made one or two more moves, but a fourth rounder for a second line center or a second line winger and a second rounder for a top line winger is just nuts. Okay, so yeah. this happened to Steve Tambellini in Edmonton after the 2006 uh, uh, trade deadline where. Steve Tambellini threw everything at the wall and, you know, created the 2006 Stanley Cup Oilers that couldn't ultimately win it. But our uh, teams kind of bullied Steve Tambellini into not making trades anymore because they're like, no, you're going to fleece us again. Do you think that happens to uh, Shovel Day Off where it's like, I can't make no. a trade because they all hate me? No, I don't I think, think so. He has more problems because he has to kind of figure out what players would actually need to stay and kind of navigating the trade protections so i feel like he's just getting deals where he's kind of being diligent and kind of finding players that no other team is really kind of looking at and kind of like nino niederreiter coming out of nowhere like not many teams would have been kind of actively pursuing nino niederreiter with him having extra years it's like it comes out of nowhere so i feel like chevy just kind of really is patient and isn't really going to force anything to happen and just going to make the best move he sees fit. Do you think, do you think there's a chance to Mastikov resigns? Uh, I want him to resign, but I don't think he resigns. He he waived his no move to come here. Yeah. But I mean, like he had a chance to a potential Stanley cup playoff team, which I mean, jets most likely will be, but the sharks weren't going to eat that. So I feel like he would have gone somewhere else had he not done that. Yeah. I mean, wasn't he? Tr- he was an eleven o'clock. I guess he was traded about eleven a.m. So yeah, I don't know. Like, if the guy comes up, the guy comes up. Like, I don't even think he got to San Jose. Like, they were probably wi- yeah, waiting to trade Tampa, him. So yeah, so I don't know. Like, where else? Who else would have necessarily? I mean, wanted? there's sixteen playoff teams. Yeah, well, they're all <laughs> stupid because they're like, ooh, Timo Meyer. And Nemestikov was only 1.25, right? Oh, dirt cheap. Uh, 
Tampa ate half his cap. Yeah. Except the whole saga of basically Isimont around that. So it kind of makes it a little bit more sad. <laughs> but he could be a potential Stanley Cup winner too. So, yeah. you know, we got to be cheering on our boy for a, who get who is loved by so we're New playing Mexico. Him tonight, so he's kind of an enemy right now. Yeah. Well, you know, I hate could, it, but yeah. I hate it, but Tampa's going to lose to Toronto. Yeah. They are. Right. <laughs> uh, it depends on their goalies. True. That is true. Vasilevsky I could dominate and it's Matt Murray. So you never know. Didn't Matt Murray win a Stanley Cup though? He's won two. And how long ago is that? He also <laughs> let in three goals on 15 shots last night. Yeah, and Connor Hellebuck let three goals in on nine shots earlier this week. So <laughs> we're not talking about that. I've been no. working lots. I've missed most of the games. I forgot that happened. Yeah, I was uh, I was pretty sad there the other night. And I want to, like, and it sucks because you want to blame Connor Hellebuck. But again, like these people on Twitter, oh, look how bad he is. I've been telling y'all for years how bad Connor Hellebuck is. It's like, he's had three <laughs> bad games. Like, get off I've your horse into and Actual arguments it. with people about that. I have a friend who thinks he's terrible. Oh, and I, I'm like, like yeah. you're a complete idiot. I've, yeah, it's it's the dumbest take ever. It's a hill that no one should die on. He had a couple bad games, and anyone who Bronx cheered him should be kicked out of that ring. You know what? No, for I, life. I, you know what? The nine, three goals on nine shots is uncharacteristic. And yes, he should hear about that every now and then. I know no, he's been a yeah. fantastic goal. Absolutely not. I would have been all over. He has, the amount that this team has left about to dry over the last two years. No wonder no one wants to come to Winnipeg. Like, are you kidding me? He's been our best player by far for the last half yes. decade. And you're going to boo him when he has one bad night. Fuck off. Yeah. He's it's had, like, a, he's had a rough two months here. This, that was the not, combination not two of months. It, it has been goal. Look yeah. at from January 15th to up until the other day, he's been pretty bad. There he's was, been, there was a stretch where he's, He's also not getting any goal support for most of that yeah, time. No. Most I, I, of I'm, those games would have been like one goal, like the Jets scoring like one goal and just like. Yeah. Not... Yeah. And I'm well aware of that, but he's just hasn't been up to his usual self. Like he yeah. had a five game streak where it was sub 900. Like, yeah. yeah. No, he, he did have yeah. a bad stretch. Don't get me wrong, but you don't, but you the, don't run him out of a, town yeah, for we're not yeah. five bad games. You just, you know, sometimes some guy's having a bad game. Sometimes you got to let him know. And yeah. then it's like, whatever. We're fine with Connor Hellebuck. Just if you're in Winnipeg I'm and you mad. see Connor Hellebuck out and about, you shine his goddamn shoes. Yeah. Oh, and absolutely. you say, please don't leave us ever. <laughs> yeah. Because without Connor, Connor Hellebuck, we are getting Connor Bedard this year. Yeah. Oh, 100%. So, we're getting draft picks left, right, and center because yeah. we'd be an awful team. I mean, it's the same. Look at the Montreal Canadiens once Carey Price got out of town. Ugly, beyond yeah. ugly. Yeah. It's a good, Winnipeg's gonna be the back up the goddamn off. Brinks truck. If you're gonna try and retool instead of rebuild, Carter Hellebuck is the person you need to do that around. Yeah, how much? I think the main issue with Hellebuck though too is with him like struggling in that stretch. I don't think it's fully on him. Is kind of just like the whole team struggling. So kind of dependent on one person for struggling. It's kind of like oh you're doing bad, but then you can point at like five other players on the team that also aren't playing good too so it's like why do you point out your mvp for like the past like four or five years also if you look at that stretch it's not like he's like an 800 save percentage it's high 800s he is (laughs) 
like barely below the NHL average during that stretch. It's just the rest of our team's so bad, and he normally hides those flaws. Yeah, when Hellebuck isn't on his game, it kind of exposes kind of the whole team for kind of like I feel like Hellebuck really elevates a lot of the players beyond what you kind of expect them. So when he doesn't perform good, it kind of reflects on the whole team. So and it, it's not like the Jets are losing eight seven. They're yeah. losing like three one. Guess what? You need to score more goals. Yes, I'm well aware that the whole team sucked during the last two months. It's just it eventually got to the point where Connor Hellebuck sucked for a good chunk of that. And we were very annoyed at the team. Look at how the team has responded since the ball. Like, I guess they were playing well before that. Never mind. I redact that last statement. Either way, I hate that you two bully me when I'm definitely correct about things. <laughs> You're absolutely <laughs> wrong. <laughs> Podcast is over. Go use Betway or whatever. <laughs> Start with the sponsor. It is Betway. So hold yeah, good. on. Uh, <laughs> please betway don't give up on us we, we need to... <laughs> be sure to check out betway to check out the latest jets game day odds and bet on the nhl um yeah i usually have articles going out about betway and games that are happening but i had to work a real job today because i gotta make money sometimes pay those bills so be able to it. afford betway yeah well <laughs> it's real stingy these days so not even betting money gets used um but we'll talk about that another time this is just poor angus uh the year of poor <laughs> angus um you guys uh we got a couple more games before the end uh or before next week <clears throat> so we've got oh man it is the it's the ugly week uh tampa bay Car- yeah Tampa Bay, Carolina, Boston, and Nashville, and then St. Louis. We got five games in the next seven days, boys. In five different cities. In five different cities. Yeah. Who the hell decides that you go from Carolina to Winnipeg to Nashville? (laughs) So dumb. Um, Yeah, that that is that that's really dumb. Yeah, this is a rough stretch. And uh so I'm gonna say we're we're losing tonight. Um against I, I just think the team's too beat up coming off a of back to back. I know the lightning played yesterday too, but I also don't agree with Hellebuck playing if that's where it goes. Um I think you hold him out, get guys healthy for Carolina. I think we're gonna like I'd be happy with two and two this week. I think they're going two one and one. I'd be I'd be very happy with that. Oh yeah, two one and one would be a very successful. Who do you who who do you lose to? In there, I think I think you're losing tonight to Tampa, and you're going OT with uh, the Bruins. Okay. I think the Jets are like they're going to be ready for that team, no matter what the lineup looks like. The Jets are ready to go. Yeah, and I feel like the Nashville game is also really important as well at the end of the week where if the Jets lose like all three games and Nashville has somewhat decent success and Nashville's able to beat the Jets, like the playoff race could be within like two points. So I feel like every single game here in this stretch is very important. Well, we've got two games against Nashville between now and the end of the season. Yeah. Those are those games and the Calgary game. Those, those are, are going to be the biggest three, unless Calgary's totally shit the bed by that point. And then it's like, well, classic Calgary, well, let's all the, laugh Anaheim, at them. So 
Yeah. <laughs> Although we lost to Columbus twice. So uh, after this week, our schedule does get a little bit easier. It does. I mean, yes. we have the Sharks twice to end the year. We have the Coyotes, uh, Ducks, Red Wings, St. Louis, Sharks again. Yeah. Yeah. Like so it's, like it's it does get a little bit easier after this week, but I mean you still gotta play Colorado in there, New Jersey, um Minnesota. Yeah. And the Jets just need, I think, like eight, nine wins. Doable. Do it. More than doable. It's doable. This team's got it's, it. This gotta yeah. do it. Yeah. <laughs> Sam, we're gonna be over at Portage in Maine this spring and we're gonna be celebrating a cup in this city. Hey, if you it. want to fly out, you're more than welcome. <laughs> <laughs> if we get there, sure. All right. <laughs> uh, well, that's pretty much all I've got. So thank you guys so much for coming in. Uh, make sure to check out jetsnation.ca. Uh, check out all of our social medias, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter. Yeah. Uh, where can we find you guys out on, in the world, Sam? Uh, yeah, it's sbrownl12 on Twitter, Sam Brownell Radio on Instagram. That's about it. Do you want us to listen to your radio show? Oh, yeah. 730ckdm.com. That too, I guess. Yeah. I mean, like, listen, if you kind of like country, great station to start with because they do break it up really nicely with some, like, classic rock. It's low-key one of the best music stations out there. It's strange, but it's so much fun. There you go. So, yeah. Free shout-out for 730. Endorsement from a a former employee. Former employee. (laughs) (laughs) that's where we'll leave that ray that, hey, hey this the station was kind of the birthplace of this podcast it really was i mean we were gonna find each other eventually we crossed at herzing at one point so no no we never crossed no you were you started in like august or september didn't you september yeah yeah so i was there for like two weeks so like briefly briefly crossed with herzing oh, online i don't remember that well, it's because your our cameras were off we never saw each other it was just it's i true. knew there was a dude named two dudes named sam there I just remember the one, but <laughs> well, oh, I guess the other Sam didn't show up, so he can kick rocks. Uh, Ray, we'll just interrupt uh, yeah. you one more time. Uh, yeah, you can find me at ray.how or Brad Lambert is him, and yeah, he's down for any Jets kind of media at all. Cool. Well, thank you guys so much, and uh, we'll talk to you again next week. Go Jets, go. Hopefully, it's a fairly successful week for this team, and yeah. All right, and everyone loves Connor Hellebuck. And love Connor yeah. Hellebuck. We don't need any more slander from him for him. <laughs>